The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and at amazon.com. Help! If you want to see me, you will not do this. You will make an appointment. Dr. Green, how can you diagnose someone as an obsessive-compulsive disorder and then act as though I had some choice about barging in? I can help you if you take responsibility to keep regular You changed the room around. Two years ago. Do you know how hard it was for me to come here? Yes. I changed just one pattern, as you always said I should. Okay. Notice the contradiction there. That that was uh, Jack Nicholson in As Good As It Gets. Notice the contradiction... Jack Nicholson himself knows that he has choice, but he's manipulating. He's saying, you're acting as though I had choice. You know, I came here. You're acting as though I had choice when you know I have OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, meaning you do things on impulse and you have no way to think about it. You get these obsessive thoughts that just keep bombarding you and they compel you into action. And then he comes in and he says, but I changed one pattern which you wanted me to change. So that's really good news for anyone who's listening who may have obsessive compulsive disorder or anyone living with someone. You can change. You're not locked into that. There's so much good help available, especially with cognitive therapy. I can give you the website um, that's thinking therapy. The website from anywhere in the country or actually the world, you can look to see if there's a therapist in your area. It's Academy of CT. All one word, cognitive therapy, but just ct.com. I hope that helps you out if you are suffering from obsessive compulsive disorder. And I mentioned uh, before the break that I was going to talk about not a kid, not an eight-year-old kid who's afraid of the dark, but a 20-year-old woman who is terrified of it. Listen to her letter to me, her email to me, and see if it resonates with anyone you know, maybe even yourself. Dear Dr. Kenner, my name is Erica and I'm 20. All my life I've been afraid. Notice it's general there. It's not just the dark, unless I am surrounded by other people. So having that fear of going through life unless you have a safe person, unless you have someone you can cling to. So that's uh, many, many people struggle with that, unfortunately. I'll continue with her letter now. Lately, my delusions have manifested into more creative and horrific phobias. These phobias get the best of me now because I've just moved into a new home and I'm not yet adjusted. Like most children, these phobias feed off darkness. I guess it's the unknown of the dark that propels me to be so frightened. I dread going to bed at night. The the several nights I've attempted to fall asleep, I found it difficult to do so because of the noises in the hall outside the bedroom. It sounds like footsteps. I don't have any pets in my home, and I have an alarm system, so I know nobody is in the home. However, it didn't seem to start me from hearing things. The next night, I attempted to fall asleep. I could have sworn that I felt a vibration on the foot of my bed, what seemed to be the weight of a cat jumping onto the bed. I was resting on my stomach, and it was pitch black in the room, and I was afraid to look. My suggestion right there is, look. You never want to avoid. You look, and you'll see that that no cat is there, and it will start to put a lie to all of this nonsense. Continuing again, every night I wake up restless and drenched in perspiration from nightmares I've had during the course of the night. I know that this must seem crazy. It must be a product of my imagination. However, I can't get myself to fully believe that. 
Moreover, when I work out on my treadmill, I constantly interrupt my workout to stop what I'm doing and look over my shoulder at the stairs because I feel as if someone is coming down the steps. I constantly have the feeling that someone's behind me and it needs to stop. I know that I should see a professional about this, but I feel ashamed. I'm 20 years old, and it's time I grew out of this childhood phase. However, it seems irreversible. I'm in desperate need of an opinion. Erica. Erica, the first thing I want to say is I am so glad that you reached out because you did reach out to me, and that's a first step. Uh, and especially with a phobia like this, they're common, they happen in adults, and they are completely reversible. Not only that, but relatively simple to lift. And I don't mean you can lift it overnight. Um, the main thread that I'm hearing in this, though, is I suspect that you've had some trauma in your life from a very young age if you've been ha feel like you always need to be surrounded by people and you're afraid so i suspect that this is not just arbitrary that you just develop this fear randomly nothing is ever arbitrary it's causal so you may not be able to access it or you may be able to access it. I've worked with clients who've just been shocked when they put two and two together and they see that their fears were really based on some real life event. Um, so I recommend that you definitely get some therapy and see if there's some trauma behind this. People actually going after you and you needed to look over your shoulder or something that happened in the dark that was scary and you said to your mind it's important to be vigilant to look out and be watchful to make sure that this never happens again. Now I can tell you that I've had a lot of phobias as a kid growing up. I don't have them now, but I had a fear of spiders. I had fear of blood being drawn. I had a fear of the dark. I used to check my closet and look under the bed nightly as a kid. And what do you do? At the age of 20, that's your age, I still had my fear of blood being drawn, of, of shots. I used to just imagine this. In fact, I locked myself in my pediatrician's office. I was going to my pediatrician to get blood drawn for, at the time you needed it, in order to get married. I'm over that fear. Now, how did I get over it? Well, one of the things that I did was I made the decision I wasn't going to have this fear for life. And so I decided, especially when I went through pregnancy, that I would watch them give me shots. I would put up with that. I would see the blood drawn. I would see the vein pop out. And I wasn't going to live in fear of something that I thought from another corner of my mind was irrational. And it made a huge difference in my life. You know, now I can appreciate the science behind being able to put in a needle that's sterile and draw blood and find out diagnose illnesses or diagnose health, which is much better. Um, so you want to be able to do that for yourself. Don't worry about your age. I'll tell you that Dr. Aaron Beck, who's the father of cognitive therapy, the, one of the best therapy around in my book, um, it's not perfect, but it's the best you can get at this point. Um, he had a fear of blood himself. He had had many uh, surgeries as a child, and so he had a fear of blood, and he decided he was very ashamed of it like you are. Of course, now he isn't. Now he talks about it openly. And he decided to become a surgeon 
And so he became a surgeon's assistant and had to be in the amphitheater for two hours with blood and guts in order to get over his fear. Now, you don't need to do that. You just need to open your eyes when you think there's a cat in your bed. You need to ask yourself, what other explanations are there for the noises in the house? Get some factual information. What makes creaks around the house? Uh, what And take pride in the fact that you're living on your own also. This is to deal not with the noises now, but take fact uh, pride in the fact that you are on your own now and that it's not that you need people around, but you're capable of, of surviving independently. And what a good opportunity to go through this transition period for yourself. Um, cognitive therapy skills abound. There are books on the market. There's one at my website, by which is drkenner.com, D-R-K-E-N-N-E-R.com. Uh, I put a lot of books on my website that I recommend. Uh, one of them is Getting Rid of a Fear and Anxiety by Edmund Bourne. And you'll have skills like how many times when you heard the noises did something bad happen to you? You'll try to take a percentage. And if it's 0%, it starts to put things in perspective for you. Again, as I said earlier, what other noises would make those... what? What noises in the house make those creaking noises? The heating system or the air conditioning system? What else? Just houses settling, air in the pipes. Then know about the power of imagination. Hypnotists use that all the time. Your eyes are getting heavy now. Now your eyes and eyelids are not getting heavy, but they feel heavy. So if you tell yourself there's a cat on your bed, if you tell yourself that there's a vibration, then you've got a very good imagination. You could use it to create a Disney movie, but don't use it as a horror movie. I don't like that genre. Um, so you need to give yourself a different way of looking at it. And as I said, avoid avoidance. There's a darling little book, Berenstein Bears in the Dark, and it just helps kids through this. Well, as an adult, you want to help yourself through this. And there's absolutely no shame associated with it. There's shame associated with not getting help for yourself and pride associated with learning better thinking skills. And speaking of that, that's what we have coming up. Dr. Jean, uh, Jean Maroney Binswanger, will, who's a thinking expert will be talking about how to take those very difficult decisions in your life and make some sense of them think more clearly about them i'm dr ellen kenner on the rational basis of happiness here's an excerpt from the selfish path to romance the serious romance guidebook by clinical psychologist dr ellen kenner and dr edwin locke when should you compromise and how do you do so fairly it's important that partners resolve conflicts promptly, fairly, and respectfully. Conflicts can often be settled by compromise. We use the word compromise here to mean collaborative resolutions, in which both parties get at least some part of what they want. Sometimes they can be creative solutions, in which both parties get almost everything they want. We are talking about practical compromises, not moral compromises. By talking and brainstorming with your partner, you can make a list of possibilities and then work to find the one that works best for both of you. You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com. And you can buy The Selfish Path to Romance at amazon.com.